the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along today. Wednesday edition, May 3rd. Greg Clugston's birthday is today. Happy birthday, Greg Clugston. Very nice. Mm -hmm. It's a big day for Greg. We're meeting him in Coney Island for (laughs) corn dogs, 610. (laughs) I don't think we can get there that fast. No, John. probably not. I really no. don't think we can. Coney Island, that'd be a that'd be a little trip, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. I've never been to Coney Island. Mm. Well, it's. Am it's I missing anything? Kind of, you are. Okay. I mean, it it did not disappoint. Now, this was a long time ago when I was at Coney Island. This was in the eighties, but you know, you always read about Coney Island. I remember seeing Coney Island and you know films and whatnot. It was as quirky and odd as what I had hoped. Okay. Yeah, but that was a long time ago. You know that movie with Hugh Grant and Sandra Bullock? No. Two Weeks Notice? No. Lex, you know that one? It. Two Weeks Notice? Nope. Is it a rom-com? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's an excellent rom-com. It? And they're it's one Adam? of my favorites. Really? It's one of my, because I think she's very funny. Oh, yes, yeah, she is. But he's hilarious. Mm-hmm. And so the two of them together Not are... Not on the carpet. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The two of them together are very funny. Two weeks notice. Yes. It's, but a part of it takes place on Coney Island. Uh-huh. And I always think of that film when I hear about Coney Island. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, when I went there, I bought a T-shirt. And I had it forever. A Coney Island T-shirt that I loved. Oh, and some probably you lost it. In the no, no, it was just cheap. It just got. It, it just was, okay. you know, just disintegrated. Well, that's a place you would buy a T-shirt. Of course, I it's had like to. if you're in Wildwood. Yeah, I'm like buying a you're, t-shirt. you're buying a T-shirt in Wildwood. Exactly. Right. Um, if you were going to the beach, yeah. not that we've, I, I wasn't planning on. I'll talking go about anytime. This. Would you? What if somebody gave you a chance to go to the beach, but you had to go to Wildwood? Or oh, you I'd had go. to go to Rehoboth. I'd or still like go. some you still would. Heck yeah, I would. Even if it was like a nope. crowded nope. type of situation with too no. many people. No, you're good with that? Yeah. Uh, someone's gonna say, Here, here's a trip to go to the beach. Yeah, I'd make it work. Have you been to Wildwood? Oh, when I was a kid. When when I was a kid as well. We used to have vacation at Wildwood. Did you? Oh yeah. Okay. Loved it. I mean I, I loved it. Uh, before that we used to vacation all the time uh on Lake Erie. So Wildwood was sort of my introduction to the ocean. Yeah. And, of course, the boardwalk, the honky-tonks, all that stuff. I loved it. A lot of fun. Not, mm-hmm. Again, it's been a long, and long... And you wouldn't... But you, now, every time no, you no, go to the beach, no. you wax poetic on going to a place where nobody else is. I am isolated where, out there. Right. You're the only one. And, nice. uh, I mean, but, I, I can understand a few people at the beach, but like when you go to Coney Island or some beach on the East Coast up by New York City, I mean, you're shoulder to shoulder. Right. Is that fun? I don't think so. No, that's not fun. But if you got a... If you, somebody offered you, I'd go a and make trip, it work. Go. Okay. Yeah. Would you go? There are very few places. If somebody offered me a free ticket, I wouldn't <laughs> go. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, you know, you're someone's nickel. It's fun to do I it. Figure right? it out. What the heck? Yeah. Sure. Coming up on today's program, and the man, we're like jam packed today. Mm-hmm. That's so much. Um, 
Frederica Matthews Green is going to be with us to give us kind of a um, a little look back into the faithful early church fathers. Frederica Matthews Green is an Orthodox Christian believer. She brings a different perspective, a little different Always. twist. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's in the five o'clock hour. Also, five ten, uh, Doctor Dean Weaver, stated clerk of the Evangelical Presbyterian Church, on when life seems crappy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the UK coronation is remaining religious even though the country isn't. I, I went and read a deeper article today about the hymns that they're going to be played at the coronation. Rich. Oh, my God. Amazing, like, theological depth. Yes. Have you seen these? Yes. Have you heard these? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To a population that's... Turned their back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really interesting. Um, also, uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees have been announced. Willie we'll Nelson. We'll discuss that at the end of today's show. And um, this hour, we're going to talk about the big George Foreman movie and confession as a marital practice. Mm-hmm. Plus, some woman broke a world record by rotating her feet back to front. <laughs> now that is a full show, mm-hmm. is it not? All right, without further ado, let's look at the news stories of the day. Kath, please give us the top four at four. For Wednesday, May 3rd, 2023, number one, Russian authorities accused Ukraine of attempting to attack the Kremlin with two drones overnight. The Kremlin decried the alleged attack attempt as a terrorist act. Now, so if that's a terrorist act, what is the Russians' attack on Ukraine? Yeah, they're taking back property. Yeah, they're taking back all of the faithful Russians mm-hmm. who want to be with them. Um, anyway, in a statement carried by Russian state news agencies, it said there were no casualties. The Kremlin added that President Putin was safe, continued to work with his schedule unchanged, which I don't buy. Because mm-hmm. if someone bombs the Kremlin, I'm pretty sure it disrupted a little bit of his schedule. Uh, U.S. officials told CBS News they were unable to immediately confirm any attempted drone attack on the Kremlin. So more details will be coming up later about that. Number two, former President Donald Trump will not mount a defense in writer E. Jean Carroll's civil defamation and battery case against the former president. His attorney said today before court resumed this afternoon. E. Jean Carroll has brought a lawsuit. She started this in November. She alleges that Trump defamed her in a 2022 Truth Social post by calling her rape allegations a hoax and a lie. Uh, Trump attorney Joe Tacopina told Judge Kaplan at the conclusion of testimony yesterday that Trump himself would not be testifying. He's not required to appear as the trial is a civil case and not a criminal one. The nine-member jury of six men and three women is weighing the defamation and battery claims. Okay. Uh, that's from ABC News. Are you surprised that he's not going to mount a defense? Uh, I am surprised. I mean, this is a they must civil think that trial. The, the, they must think that the case is so incredibly weak they don't have to. Okay. Number three. An Irwin woman is accused of attempting to bring a loaded handgun in her carry-on bag early this morning at Pittsburgh International Airport. Mm. The woman who wasn't identified was stopped by an officer who had spotted the gun, and thank you to that person who did, at the checkpoint x-ray machine. Uh, Airport police confiscated the weapon, which was loaded with seven bullets, including one in the chamber. How do you forget that? I, I just you don't forget this it. Happens There's no all way the you can forget that. You cannot well, and forget. How do you that. think you're going to get past through security? She was cited. Also faces a possible federal fine for bringing a weapon to the airport checkpoint, as much as fifteen thousand hmm. dollars. Uh, it's the eighth handgun TSA has confiscated at Pittsburgh wow. International this year. Twenty-six guns were confiscated last year by security officers craziness. for crying out loud. Yeah.
Read more about that at the Trib. And also at the Trib, the Pittsburgh Marathon is Sunday. More than 35,000 people are expected to participate throughout the entire weekend of events. That's your top four at four. So the marathon, very good. Always lots of fun. But it creates havoc going to church. It does. If you go to a city church like I do, mm-hmm. it really wrecks mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. Why can't you run uh-uh. on a Saturday? Because it might, would create more havoc on a Saturday, don't you think? Of course. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but so you're basically deciding that you're going to yeah. vote against the people who go to church. <laughs> it's not a vote. It's it not, is. It kind of is. I mean. It kind of is. Okay. Uh, so this year... Uh, P3R, the app, is going to give real-time participant tracking from start to finish. So you can follow your person. Oh, that's interesting. On your phone. Yep. So your your wife or your husband, mm-hmm. they're running along your son. Oh, there they go. Boom. High of 66 degrees on Friday, 72 Saturday, 77 on Sunday. Excellent. Road uh, closures begin Friday. Good. Um, more than 100 streets in downtown, the Strip, North Side, et cetera, et cetera, will be closed. Mm-hmm. 100. I like it. So... I like it. I like it. I just wish it wasn't on a Sunday. Yeah, I mean, it's world-class athletes right. coming to so, Pittsburgh so and the regular Joe. So, great. Let's do it on a Saturday when yeah, we can all okay. participate. It's fine. It's not really. Come on. Just one morning a year, Kath. One morning. Okay? That's all. Let's take a little break. Mm, okay. We're going to come back. <laughs> Don't get cranky I'm here. Just... It's, we're just starting under, we're getting underway here. Okay? Come on. What's next here? Yeah. Oh. Confession is a marital practice. This is very interesting I've never heard me. about this. No. Dorothy Littell Greco will join us next. W-O-R-D. When God created us, he had a purpose for our lives. I'm Alan Jackson. I have the privilege of joining you each weekday to open our Bibles together. The Bible tells us that God has made us what we are. And in our union with Christ Jesus, he has created us for a life of good deeds, which he has already prepared for us to do. Join me and let's see what God has for us today. A fresh look at Scripture, weekday mornings at 9.30, Alan Jackson Ministries on 101.5 WORD. Doing it right, roofing, siding, remodeling, specializing in roof replacements for churches and places of worship for nearly 40 years. For the church roof replacement specialists in Pittsburgh and the surrounding area, call 724-NEW-ROOF today for a free quote. This is an important notice to consumers facing $10,000 or more in credit card debt, medical bills, or other unsecured debt. You may not be required to pay it all back because there are special programs now in effect that will significantly reduce the amount you will owe if you qualify. This is not bankruptcy or a debt consolidation loan. These programs, which the credit card companies like to keep secret, exist to aid American consumers struggling with overwhelming credit card debt by offering tremendous savings and real debt relief accredited debt relief has established a special hotline for you to call and learn what savings you qualify for they've helped qualify consumers with over a billion dollars in debt and are a plus rated with the better business bureau so don't wait get the relief you need during these hard economic times for this free information call the accredited debt relief hotline now call 800-856-4600 800-856-4600 That's 800-856-4600. 
Listen to this, 120 witch doctors come to Christ. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International, and I visited Indonesia in Southeast Asia. It was there that I met Pastor Tandi, who befriended a witch doctor and invited him to come hear the gospel on the island of Papua. The man named Polly came, but he brought 120 apprentices, men and women, learning witchcraft. Talk about spiritual darkness, but you know, after hearing the gospel plainly preached, they bow the knee to Jesus Christ. They're learning what it means to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus, and they need Bibles in Indonesia. Why? Because they're scarce. You simply cannot access them there. And so our prayer today is that you won't merely say, that's an interesting story, or it's neat that witch doctors are coming to Christ, but that you'll get involved. Will you help Word FM bless 5,000 Bibleist believers in Asia at only $5 a Bible, $100 since 20? Call 800-YES-WORD, 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 or click the Bible League banner at wordfm.com. Roofing, siding, or remodeling? Seven two four new roof. We talked about confession often on our show, but I don't think ever in this context. Dorothy Latell Greco is back with us in our regular monthly spot. She's a writer, photographer who lives outside Boston. She's the author of Making Marriage, and uh, here today to talk to us about marital confession. And Dorothy, welcome back to the show. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? We can't complain. Pretty good. This is a very interesting subject. And, you know, we we talked uh, via email, and you said that you and your husband were part of a seminar and brought this up, and you were surprised by the response. Tell us the story, please. Yes, we were doing a half-day seminar at a church for married couples, and this is one of the topics that we thought would be great to talk about, connected to forgiveness, of course, because if you don't have forgiveness, confession is pretty darn hard. Um, But as we shared about it, it was clear afterwards there were so many questions. People had like, well, what does this look like, and how do you do it, and why should we do it? And and it just became clear to my husband and I that, oh, this is something that, at least in Protestant churches, we really don't talk about Mm. enough. Yeah, that is for sure, because in Protestant churches, it seems like confession is a super private issue. And yeah. I think they look at that as maybe a reaction against the uh, the Catholic procedure. I don't know. How do you see that? I think that that could be true. But it also I mean, you know, if, if you're somebody who practices confession on a regular basis, you will know that this is true. It's, confession is very humiliating. You know, when we are honest with other people about the things that we have done wrong, it's humiliating. And and I think that that's part of the point, because that humiliation becomes then a barrier um, for repeating it. But if we look at I, I love the message version of James 5. It reads, make this your common practice. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you can live together whole and healed. I think it's a beautiful, beautiful verse. So when you enter into marriage, you stand naked and unashamed before your partner. Confession is truly uh, the the deeper extension of that, isn't it? It is. And that is the goal is that we want to be naked and unashamed. And so often when we are carrying sin, and in particular, I think, unconfessed sin, it makes us feel ashamed. So it really isn't until our partner knows all of us that we can trust that their love is genuine. Because if we're hiding something, you know, we might feel, well, gosh, if they really knew, then maybe they wouldn't love me. So when we put it out there and they know, and then they still choose to love us, that's very freeing. 
That's interesting. Okay, so Dorothy, talk about sin in your life. You shared this and how this confession came to be in a past sin in your life. Yeah, it's happened on several occasions, but maybe the one that's easiest to talk about is from an early age, uh, I really developed a bad habit of lying. And, you know, I think that that's, um, it's pretty easy for girls because we're so enculturated to be nice and to not say things that are offensive. So if somebody gave me a gift and I didn't like it, you know, the coaching was you're supposed to say that you like it even if you don't like it. Or if I was upset, um, particularly if I was angry, you know, had what would be considered uh, negative emotions for girls, people didn't like it when I was honest and said, yeah, I'm really angry. So I learned that it was better to lie. Well, that mm-hmm. habit didn't stop when I became an adult and I carried it into my marriage. So if I was upset about something and Christopher said, gosh, you seem upset, it was easier for me to just say, no, I'm, I'm tired. That's all. You know, I'll be fine after I get a good night's sleep, as opposed to being able to say, yeah, I'm really angry about that exchange that we just had. So I, you know, again, this habit continued until I was in my 40s. And then as I'm reading scripture more thoroughly, it really became clear to me that lying was not a morally neutral habit, that God had very strong feelings about it. So I just thought, you know, okay, I'll stop. But I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop until I confessed the sin to my husband and a few close friends. And I communicated to them, every single time I lie, I am going to confess it to you. Mm. And it took me about, I don't know, six to eight months of really taking that seriously. And then, like, the habit was broken. It's not an issue for me anymore. Hmm. Wow. So not. So that seems to be beyond just building a better habit. That seems like there there is something spiritual, supernatural going on there. Yeah, I think that that's a, that's very insightful, Kathy, to say that. I'm sure that that is true. That there was a level that I was like bound by my bad habit, bound by shame, um, and and just allowing myself, like giving myself space to say it doesn't really matter. But of course, it does. Right. So, Dorothy, then then take us through what it looks like when you and your husband confess to each other. I mean, do you say, hey, it's Tuesday at 7 o'clock. It's time for our confession. We actually used to do this on Sunday evenings when our children, we have three sons who are now all grown, but when they were younger, we would have a regular time of prayer and confession. Because what we learned is it, it was not uncommon for them as very competitive boys who were all close in age to be holding things against one another and you know, if that didn't get sort of cleaned up, then their anger at each other would fester. Mm. So Sunday night was the time that we would pray together and confess our sins. You know, the boys are gone now, but for Christopher and I, it's just spontaneous. For for me, the habit is often in bed at night um, doing something similar to the daily exam where I just say, Lord, is there anything that I did or said today uh, that was not of you? And, and honestly, it's not uncommon that they'll just be a little nuts, like, you know, you are a little bit harsh with your husband at dinner tonight, and it really would be great if you would just apologize to him. Um, so I'll just turn to him and say, you know, hey, I'm sorry, I was harsh tonight, will you forgive me? Hmm. And that, you know, that kind of keeping short accounts makes such a difference in terms of the quality of our relationship. And what did that do? Did that have an effect on your boys? Did they know that that was happening? Between me and Christopher? Yeah, or just the, yeah, the consistent pattern of asking for forgiveness. Oh, yeah. I think it makes a huge difference. I really do. Because as I said, it just keeps the the record short. 
Um, they don't develop bitterness and resentment towards each other. And it just becomes a habit of being honest with the people who are close to you yeah, rather so than hiding things. Maybe I didn't express that well. Did Sorry. they? Did No, it's not your fault. Um, did your sons know that you and your husband did that? Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. So that was so. So that was something that you made known to them. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. We communicated yeah. that we can that we confess our sins regularly. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's that's a really that's a a delightful model to make for your kids. I think it is. I think it is because it helps them. You know, our two our two oldest sons are married, and I think that it has allowed them to have that kind of a transparent relationship and a sense of real ownership when. They make mistakes because if we don't own the mistakes that we make, then it's up to our spouse to say, like, hey, why were you a jerk? Right. You know, much better, much better for us to, to admit it. So there's nothing buried. There's nothing hidden. And because of that, there's no resentment. All the things that bubble around that, all that shame, the fear, the regret, all those things, they disappear. So, Dorothy, when you and your husband talked about this last week, and of course, there were all these questions, I, I mean, it. it you had to get excited to think there's an opportunity here for all of us, right, uh, to come clean. And I need to speak about this, talk about this more so, and make it a regular practice in the church. Yeah, so I think it would be great if the church did it more frequently. Because we don't, again, at the Protestant churches, we don't do it. Hmm. All right. So um, when you have gotten together with people outside your immediate circle, um, whether that's Mm -hmm. your church circle, your denominational circle, whatever that is. Do you find confession being something that other uh, Christians readily practice? Or do you feel a little bit of a, uh, if if you've got friends who are outside the Catholic church, a little reticent in uh, confession in general? Oh, I think the latter. I think people are very reluctant. You know, it's funny. I feel like we live in a culture that is very disclosive, like everybody shares everything on social media, but we also curate everything. So we put out there what we want, the image that we want people to see that we have, as opposed to, um, you know, really being honest. I think it's very rare for people. And and again, you know, I certainly wouldn't want people to be confessing their sins necessarily on public, on social media. That's not the place to do it. Um, but I do think that the culture in general is resistant to it. And I think that if we incorporated it more readily into our family circles, into our um, churches, I think that we would all benefit. Right. Well, uh, Dorothy, it's fascinating. So, I mean, I come from a Catholic background, and I remember being mm-hmm. a little boy being taught how to walk into the confessional and mm. you know, confessing my prayers mm-hmm. to the priest. It, mm-hmm. You know, it was terrifying. It was also, like as you just described, deeply freeing, and I mm. and I don't know. I mean, and of course, I'm I'm not anymore. I am Presbyterian. I'm Protestant, and, and so when I see confession in the Presbyterian Protestant tradition, it lacks something that is deeply intimate that I experience as a boy. And can you say more about that? What was it that it lacks now? Well, you're telling your. <laughs> your fears, your, your, your shame, your sin to one person, one person. Mm -hmm. And that's an act of courage to go into that little dark space metaphorically Mm -hmm. and physically as well. And to reveal yourself and, and when you are given absolute, you're absolved of your sins, something 
light and easy comes upon you. And so the next time I'm faced with those same sins, like yourself, as you talked about the six or eight months that took you to sort of rewire yourself, you yeah. think long and hard before you do it again. Now, I'm not saying it's a, it's not a perfect thing, but I, right. I, I don't... And, you, and, and so now that you don't do do that, you don't feel the same or experience no, the same... No, And I remember this. I've talked about this before. I remember talking about confession, as a, again, as a little boy, second grade, third grade. And a mm. Catholic nun would make this. She would make this analogy. She'd say, when you sin... Think of your your life as a house, and as you sin, you have messed a little place of the house. The table is a little dirty, or the chair mm-hmm. is overturned. And I remember before, you know, then I left my faith, and I would look back on that, you know, as a teenager in my early 20s, and I was thinking... I was thinking about my sin, and I would think about that house, and I think, my sin is so absolute. I've not messed the house. I have burnt the house down. Wow. And I I see the call for that, the necessity of that. So when you return to your faith. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you, I'll be totally transparent. Years later, when I walked into the rooms of AA, and started to be honest about that and dealt mm-hmm. with his sponsor in AA and showed my true self, my, all, the, all the sins, all the regrets, all those things that I do, had done with one other person who I was accountable to. And who you trusted? Yes. Things changed. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? In some ways, it feels like we can't really experience transformation unless we're willing to be honest about our sins. And I mean, you know, honest with ourselves, honest with God, and honest with those who are close to us. Transparent. Yeah, I, I think we won't grow un- unless we are that are honest in those ways. Hmm. Well, Dorothy, it's been a pleasure to talk to you again. Dorothy Littell Greco is a writer and photographer. You can check out her book called Making Marriage. Thanks, Dorothy. That's good stuff. It really is. Yeah, good to be with you. Look forward to next time. Thank you. We as well. We'll take a, a quick break, come back. We're going to reset. Oh, Big George Foreman. He's got a film. Okay. I kind of like it. People ask me sometimes, Lance, I'm worried about my finances, and I feel bad because I shouldn't be worried, right? I realize that inflation is going to be eating up money. I've got to do something to get around this crazy stock market and Biden's spending spree. Gold has, since the beginning of time, been the resource that God's people have relied on. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, is what the prophet Haggai said during a time of great shaking. To protect your retirement, I recommend that you diversify your 401k or IRA right out of paper assets and into physical gold. And the best way to do that is with Gold IRA from the Birch Gold Group. I want you to text the words FAITH, F-A-I-T-H, to 989898 and get a free info kit on gold IRAs. There's no strings attached to this, so just text FAITH, F-A-I-T-H, to 989898 and see what I've discovered here about gold and its ability to stabilize your investment and create a storage of wealth for you in unsteady times. People always ask me, why should I call Mr. Rooter Plumbing? Here's why. Our owner, Bob Bill, learned plumbing from his father who started plumbing in 1964. His father taught him to do it right the first time, and that's what Bob passed on to all of our plumbing technicians today. If you need a plumber, call Mr. Rooter. Always available for big and small jobs. Plus, mention you heard this ad on Word FM and receive 10% off your next service with us. Call 412-Rooter2 today. 
Terry Wardenis here from the Gateway Clipper. Celebrate Mom with a family aboard a Mother's Day cruise, sailing Sunday, May 14th. All moms will receive a special gift from all of us at the Clipper. For reservations, visit gatewayclipper.com. Trip to Europe. Visit all 30 Major League Baseball stadiums. Go skydiving. Okay, so you know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune into your retirement blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group Saturdays at 10 a.m. to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do the things you've always dreamt about doing in retirement. Listen every Saturday morning at 10 to your retirement blueprint with Accurate Solutions Group. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. Roofing, siding, or remodeling? Want it done right, call doing it right. 724 New Roof. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Your local volunteer fire department routinely answers the call, whether it be a fire, traffic accident, or a cat stuck in a tree. But because of declines in memberships, departments have become understaffed. Your local volunteer fire department desperately needs you. Can you direct traffic, install a smoke alarm, help at a fundraiser? No matter what skills you have, you can make a difference. You don't have to fight fire to be a volunteer. Will you answer the call? For more information on how you can help, visit the Volunteer Firefighter Alliance at supportvfa.org. It'll be breezy this evening, otherwise mainly cloudy with a brief shower or two tonight at a low of 42. Tomorrow, mainly cloudy skies, a shower in places in the afternoon with a high of 56. Partly cloudy and chilly tomorrow night with a low of 37. Some sunshine Friday, great day to be outside, the high 63. A nice warmer weekend is on the way. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. All right, at the movies, I saw this and was intrigued because I did not know this was a thing. But there is a movie called Big George Foreman in theaters now. Premiered over the weekend. Yes. And so we read about it. You go to Rotten Tomatoes, which is kind of my go-to place to see. Because they'll list on Rotten Tomatoes the critics' consensus and the audience consensus. Oftentimes... They are wildly disparate mm. in their connection, and such is the case with this. So the film, Big George, For- Big George Foreman, got a 44% rating from the critics. Not great. A 97% from the audience. Really great. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm looking at a review at uh, Religion Unplugged. and uh, Well, first off, we watched the trailer, you and yeah. I. We have not seen the film, but we watched the trailer. And it is clearly a story with faith as an essential Big element. Time. I mean, the reviewer says within the first five minutes, there's George Foreman's faith. So they go back to the early 60s where George Foreman is growing up in poverty and there's the family sharing a meal. And at that meal, they're praying. Mm -hmm. I did not know that he left boxing for preaching. Did you know that? Because that's a common story that I'm not a boxing fan even a little bit. So this isn't a tale I was familiar with. Of course, a massive star. Oh, are you kidding me? Fighting Muhammad Ali. Yeah. You know. Um, and then, you know, like all boxers, you, you get old or you get beat on too much and mm-hmm. you just say, no mas, I'm done. Uh, but then, uh, he started his career as a preacher. Apparently the film shows this and the bills aren't being paid by the congregation. So George goes back into the ring. Mm-hmm. I mean, as an older man, yeah, a much older, out of shape, uh, you know, bloated older man. Mm-hmm. This isn't, you know, this. So the criticism apparently in, on the Rotten Tomatoes reviews say it's a, it's a conventional story, 
the stories told in a conventional way. Now, so I'm interested to know what that seems like. I mean, if it's a conventional, if by conventional, they mean that a person of faith is treated with respect, <laughs> yeah. then I'm all for it. Sure. Because just yesterday, I, or maybe it was on Monday's show, we talked about the five characters that you find Christian, the five Christian characters you find in films. Right. And so the Christian characters most often portrayed by Hollywood, there's the scold, the hypocrite, the hypocrite there's mm-hmm. the bully, mm-hmm. you know, there's the dad who's the Christian and he's horrible right. and he's just trying to enforce morality on his daughter who just wants to love. Um, and then there's the, uh, like the cult member. <laughs> Right. Right. But very, very rarely is there a person of substance who's also a person of faith. Yes. So uh, I'd be curious to see this in theaters now. So we looked at the box office returns. Uh, It was in 10th place. Not so great. I mean, movies themselves are not doing great. No, right. So if if they made, what, a couple hundred thousand this weekend. Yeah. How does that stack up to the other films? Do you know? Yeah. Like, uh, I think the big film last week was uh, Mario, the movie. Okay. I made a couple million. Got it. So this is... But often in a faith film... But it made more than The Pope's Exorcist. (laughs) So... It did, which, you know, I'm sure cost a lot more, and you see a lot more advertising for it. Like we said, I I didn't know this film was out. So I'd be curious. I don't care for boxing, as I said, but I would see this. Yeah. The trailer kind of sucked me in. Yeah. It did what it's supposed to do. In a conventional way. Well, you know. What the heck? We're going to take a break, but after that, our friend Doug Bursch will be with us... Uh, Pacific, whoa, from the Pacific Northwest of the uh, continental U.S. And his subject today is the end of the world and the last day. Does that freak you out or does that make you excited? We'll talk about it next in the ride home. 101.5 WORD. You're listening now, so we know you're a fan of the radio station. I am a big fan. And we want you to know that we appreciate you. I can be your number one fan. That's why we've developed the Word FM Fan Club. It's free to join, and once you do, you can take part in exclusive surveys and contests. Yeah, I love contests. Special offers. Great giveaways. Discounts. Freebies. I'd like to win one of these contests. Become a member today. Go to wordfm.com slash fan club and sign up. We're big fans. Moms, wow, aren't they special? Doesn't that word just warm your heart and make you feel loved? Hi, it's me, Marcia, from the Springhouse, and I am so blessed to get to work side-by-side with my mom every day in our family business. And right now, my mom and I are planning for a special day for you and your mom on Mother's Day. Every year on Mother's Day, we barbecue chicken quarters over the open pit outside with our secret butter sauce. Baked beans, corn pudding, coleslaw, macaroni salad, ho-ho cake, and more will abound inside to go along with that tasty, tender chicken. When I was a teenager and we first started cooking for crowds, all my mom wanted for Mother's Day was for us five kids to help get ready to make this a special day for our guests. So bring your family and come hungry to enjoy the wonderful farm-fresh meal that we started all those years ago. Oh yeah, live music and free cones for moms too. Let us share a little of our farm with you. The Springhouse in 84 PA, 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. Whether you own a local business or a global one. You're always looking for ways to position your operation to create opportunities and move on them faster. With Bank of America, you get access to experts, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter, locally and globally. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Copyright 2023, Bank of America, N.A. 
My friend and I are taking a trip to Mexico this year, but neither of us speak Spanish. So we downloaded Babbel and started learning Spanish fast. Want to start getting conversational in another language in as little as three weeks? Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons were designed by language experts to be the most efficient and effective way to learn a new language. ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? Babbel, language for life. Celebrating 10 million subscriptions sold. Now try Babbel for free at Babbel.com. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Rama Christian School is enrolling now. Rama is a private school in Moon Township serving children in preschool through eighth grade. Recognized for its commitment to a biblically integrated curriculum that nurtures a Christian worldview and academic excellence, Rama aims to develop the whole child spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, and socially. Rama is a true community of families who desire to raise up the next generation of godly leaders, also offering programs for homeschool families. For tuition and enrollment information, visit RamaChristianSchool.org. Harold Camping, the end of the world. It's going to be on June 11th. Oh, wait, my bad. It'll be uh, December 6th. Send me a check because it's really going to be in October. Maybe. Uh, Remember that? How many years Mm -hmm. ago? Was that a decade ago? Maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was very sure until he wasn't. Right. Well, Doug Burst will join us right now. He's Maybe uh, he's got a different date. Yeah, Doug, do you know when the end of the world is coming, my friend? Uh, Tuesday. Oh, <laughs> is that next Tuesday? No, this this tu- well, is it this Tuesday or next Tuesday? That's a whole it's the next Tuesday on the calendar is when it's going to happen. <laughs> so I get your you know in fact, I don't know why you guys are at work right now, but you know, it's between you and the Lord. What? Well, we're we're going to work until the bitter end, my friend. And is it the bitter end, I guess, right? Um, by the way, I, I did come on your show to uh, predict the end of the world, but I also want to say I'm a little disappointed that you don't have a video feed today. Uh, yeah, I, I know. Wore a suit. I have a top what? hat and a monocle. What? And I'm like, no one can wait. See so you me. look like Mr. Peanut. Uh, more like the Monopoly man. Oh, you know? okay. but anyway. Well, let me wait. So, let me yeah, ta- let me tell world. you. I'm I'm going to give you a little like peek behind the curtain. The reason we haven't been on video for the last week is mm-hmm. because we're having the entire station recarpeted. Yeah, and you wouldn't think that that would be quite as disruptive as it's turned out to be. Oh, it is. Yeah, so much so I that... thought it was John had a pimple or something. No, so, but anyway, because <laughs> you know he's so, so vain. Glad. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Terrible scar on my forehead. Anyway, anyway, okay. Talk to us about the end of the world. Okay, so you mentioned camping. I was on the air radio at that time, and that was just terrible to even have to cover any of that. Yeah. But uh, I think of an area where Christians have bad theology, it's the end of the world. It's the end times. Uh, I had pretty bad theology as a kid. I don't know if any of you did. Oh, yeah. But I remember I read somewhere as a kid that no one could predict the hour or day that Christ returns, right? Mm-hmm. So I was so scared that Christ would return because, you know, I still had a baseball game on Friday. I wanted to figure out what it was like to kiss a girl. You know, I did not want... Jesus to return. So every night before I'd go to bed for several months, I would predict that he was going to return Mm. because I realized if I predict he'd return, then he wouldn't. So that was my, my way to keep the world from ending. Yes. (laughs) So I want to, I want just, if you were upset about that, the problem was some kid in Auburn, Washington, who was scared (laughs) of end times who predicted Christ's return. That's why Christ did not return. Good job. Uh, But yeah, that's a bad theology, right? I I would assume you'd say that, but there's so much bad theology when it comes to end times. And I just wanted to encourage your, your listeners, you know, we have always news of Moscow and China and all, all kinds of things going on. 
that the Bible talks about end times. And when the Bible talks about end times, at least when Jesus does, it's a good time. And that's the context of Acts 2. If you look in Acts 2, when the Holy Spirit is poured out, Peter stands up and says, this is what you see happening here, people being filled with the Holy Spirit. This was prophesied by Joel. And Joel said, in the last days, some things are going to happen. And Peter is basically saying, these are the last days. After Christ's death, resurrection, and ascension, the pouring out of the Holy Spirit is a sign that we are in the end times. And the end times are a good thing. In the end times, the righteousness of God is established on earth. And we see that through the cross and the blood of Jesus Christ. Uh, God dwells with us. Mm -hmm. And that's what we see through the Holy Spirit abiding in us and with us. And also dividing walls of hostility between the Jews and the Gentiles. Those are removed, and the promises of God that we saw in the Old Testament become fulfilled in this New Testament age where the Gentiles are brought into the story of God or the story of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Those are all real good things. That's what we should think of when someone says we are in the end times. Sadly, people often think of many other things, often fearfully, uh, politically, uh, things that have little to do with what the Scripture says. Which is why I think we end up being terrified of it. We were looking at a story today uh, at our, our pre-show uh, meeting about how the fear of the rapture is gripping people. This is a this was a story in the New York Times today. So I feel like whenever fear is the number one uh, emotion that's elicited, we've already gone down the wrong path. Yeah, well, that's a, a great point. There's no fear in love. Perfect love casts out all fear. But the concept, too, of uh, being motivated by fear is often we feel like the world is outside our control. What comes next will drastically hurt us or harm us. And as Christians, that's not what we believe. Uh, I, in fact, you know, I didn't come on to uh, predict the end of the world. I came here to tell you when you're going to die. Does anyone, uh, John, do you want to know? <laughs> no. Or Kathy, would you like to? <laughs> no, no I problem. think, yeah, we like with the uh, the blindfold that we've currently got going. Okay, well, I'm going to tell you anyway, okay? So uh, <laughs> John will do when you die. But first, I'll, I'll start with my parents. My parents are still alive. They're older. My dad's, you know, 83. And uh, the other day, I was thinking kind of morbidly, you know, you know, how long is he going to be with us? I love my dad greatly. And yeah. I did something very morbid. I was thinking, what will the day be like when he dies? Mm -hmm. And this tells you a little bit in the place I was when I was just walking along thinking this. And I began to try to imagine that day. And the picture God gave me was when my, my father was a very young boy. Because he gave his life to Christ when he was a very young boy. And then I began to think about my mom, like, when will she die? And I saw a picture of a, a teenage girl because she gave her life to Christ when she was a teenage girl. And what the Lord showed me is that we died in Christ. Mm. We laid down our life. We, the cross is the death to our sins, to our efforts, to anything we thought we could do to earn the kingdom. And we took that death as our death. And we took Christ's righteousness as our righteousness. So we're not living being afraid of death. We're already mm. on the other side of death. We're already in the context of the other side of eternity. Nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. It's set. It's finished. We don't have to fear our death. We don't have to fear the collapse of the world around us. We need to, as we've done in every generation, to make room for the resurrected presence and life and light of Jesus in every interaction we have. And that's not a fearful thing. That's a wonderful thing to do. Amen. And Doug, I, I'm with you 100% on this, and, and I, I rejoice at the end of the world. At the same time, we know that we will go through suffering, and there will be pain. Our flesh will hurt. We will crumble. 
right? So I don't yeah. look forward to that. I mean, that's fearful to me to think death mm -hmm. is upon me and it's going to be a painful experience. Yeah, and I think that's a great thing to say. There's this theological term called an over-realized eschatology, and that's you pay thousands of dollars to learn that word. But what it really <laughs> means is that sometimes people have this idea, well, if you're in Christ, you know, every sickness is healed and all the suffering, and it's, it's this over-realized idea of what things will be like in the true end when we get to heaven. But right now we know every person's going to face death. Every person's going to face some harm and hurt. And if you don't think you are, you're going to. I love prosperity gospel preachers who say, you'll never be sick. And then they put on their glasses to right. prove that point <laughs> as they read the Bible, right? right? So we all face this. But the reality is we don't have to fear that nothing will separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. And this whole rapture stuff, people say, well, is it pre-trib or post-trib or does it happen at all? That doesn't really matter because someone is going to face tremendous persecution right now. Mm -hmm. Someone right now is going through tremendous pain, tremendous suffering. And they must have a gospel, and we must have a gospel that's strong enough whether God rescues us from tribulation or whether we go through tribulation. So for me, that doesn't matter to me. Whatever God wants to do, God can do. I have a gospel that's strong enough that I can face death. And with my last breath, with pain, with hurt, with harm, I can trust that my next breath will be in eternal glory, in eternal peace, in eternal reward. So this is the message we need to preach, where people have hope, encouragement. When we talk about death, when we talk about end times, when we talk about the return of Christ, not something we're fearfully trying to prevent by voting for the right candidate. Mm. Doug Bursch is with us. He's the author of the book Posting Peace, Why Social Media Divides Us and What We Can Do About It. Uh, I was listening to you and John talk uh, about, you know, being fearful about being sick what the dying process would be like, what, you know, we'll have to suffer before then. And I was thinking about Hebrews 2, um, which I read a lot when I was a kid because um, my dad wasn't a believer uh, at that time and my mom was. And I could tell that my dad was really afraid of death. And why wouldn't you be? Um, but mm -hmm. I, I was really, uh, my heart really went out to him, even as a little girl, about that. And um, Hebrews 2, this is, it's, this is the portion of the chapter where it's talking about how Jesus was made like us. And it mm -hmm. says, since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death, by Jesus' death, he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. Mm. For surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. Mm. So if you're afraid, if you're listening to this program and you're afraid of death, then come on in. The water's warm because yeah. every human is. I'm here. Right? Yeah. And I'm so glad you said that because I personally am afraid of things I don't know or can't understand. And I can't understand heaven. I can't understand eternity. I can't understand something outside myself. So by faith, I trust that God is good. And so it's okay to say that. Even if you're like, I don't want to think about these things. You have enough strength for today. And God is good. And God loves you dearly. And it's going to be okay. And that doesn't mean you're not a good Christian, because that's the kind of faith you need to have. That's daily bread, manna faith. God has given you enough strength for today. And he will give you enough strength for your final breath. He will give you enough mm -hmm. strength for the next day that you really can't even understand or have enough strength for in this moment. You'll have enough strength in that moment. Amen. Amen and amen. Okay, Doug, before you leave us, when am I going to die? 
<laughs> By the way, before I leave you, we're just talking about the segment, right? Um, the reality is uh, God knows it's in his hands, but I want to let both you guys know and the listeners to know this show is unique. I've been on many radio shows. They're not all like John and Kathy. Would you send them encouraging notes, emails, mm-hmm. let the station know that you love them and care for them and value what they do? This is a unique, special program. It's sacred. There's so many divisive things out there. So if you care about a better dialogue, then please find ways to support what John and Kathy are specifically doing. That's, well, that's sweet, Doug. Doug wouldn't even ask you to Thank do that. Thank you. That's great. I expect the paycheck in the mail. No, no, I just seriously, <laughs> seriously believe this. Oh, You're a fine man, Doug Bursch. Yeah, it's a sweet thing to say. Check <laughs> out nice. Posting Peace, why social media divides us, what we can do about it. See you, Doug. Doug Bursch, B-U-R-S-C-H. Hi, I'm Olivia, and I'm 11. Some people my age might think water in a basement's pretty cool. Who wouldn't want an indoor swimming pool? But my dad taught me a thing or two about homes. You mean all those times I talked about waterproofing. You were actually listening? Absolutely. I'm like Alexa. Okay, so how does Jandy Waterproofing protect your home? By keeping water out of the basement so it doesn't compromise the structure of your home. And? By not giving yucky mold and mildew a place to grow. Pretty good. Dad, I wasn't finished. Oh, sorry. And J&T Waterproofing can save you money. Do tell. By saving you from having to replace your basement appliances from water damage. I couldn't have said it better myself. Got water problems? Don't cry. Call 1-800-VERY-DRY. J&T Waterproofing. 1-800-VERY-DRY. Let's see. If something costs less, but people are happier with it, That sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month, and that's huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. If you owe $30 trillion and you didn't have the money to pay it off, you need to make a lot more money, right? Well, now America's debt is more than $30 trillion, and right now taxes are at historically low levels. So it doesn't take a genius to realize taxes will probably go up. Now, think about your retirement accounts. Do you want to pay taxes on some of that money now when rates are low or later when rates are much higher? Whether you should pay taxes now or in retirement depends on a lot of things. That's why Kirk Kenotic at Accurate Solutions Groups has a free guide called Are You Paying Too Much in Taxes to help you determine what's best for you. To get your copy of Are You Paying Too Much in Taxes, call or text TAX to 412-515-3555. That's TAX to 412-515-3555. Get this free guide from Kirk Kenotic at Accurate Solutions Group now, 412-515-3555. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. Our firm may not give tax advice. The human body is a strange and miraculous creation. 
I saw an article about a young woman. Her name is Kelsey Grubb. She put her best foot forward and broke a record that uh, not many can achieve. The 32-year-old Albuquerque, New Mexico uh, librarian has the largest foot rotation and can turn her foot 171.4 degrees. Uh, how did uh, she recognize that well, she has I, such I a need, weird talent? I need to give the listeners a little bit of a visual here. Right. So this woman is standing facing forward. Right. Okay. One foot. Her left foot is facing forward as you would be mm-hmm. if you were standing. Mm-hmm. But her right foot is turned around facing backward. So you think about 180 degrees. Yeah, but her, it, but her, <laughs> her body. Her pelvis is facing forward. Right. Mm-hmm. Right? Am I right about that? Yes, you are. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, her, it's extremely weird. It's yeah. weirder th- even than it sounds. Well, it's even weirder because of how this happened. Kelsey says, I work at a library and the newest world record book, 2022, had just come out. A coworker was flipping through and randomly opened the page with the largest foot rotation and said, ew, that is so gross. So I decided to try to rotate my foot while standing on a piece of paper and realized it was pretty obvious that I had a good chance at smashing the record. I didn't know the details about how the measurement needed to happen, but I thought, well, I could no matter the details. Uh, She did not practice or prepare for the record. She figured that uh, she skates as a hobby. She's constantly stretching her flexibility. I always knew that I was flexible, she says. There had been assumed that most people could turn their foot further than 90 degrees out. So she said the special talent does not hurt her, although she says she can sometimes feel it slightly in her knee and she might need to rotate her foot a bit slower. However, she says that she feels completely natural doing this. Uh, This talent has proven to be particularly useful in her ice skating career because she can turn around and look behind her without moving her feet, (laughs) allowing her to be very aware of her surroundings. When I told everyone that I was trying for the record, they immediately would ask to see. Once everyone saw, they were sure that I would break the current record. However, not everyone's reaction is uh, immediately positive. Most people are immediately grossed out and fascinated at the same time, says Kelsey. Where are you reading from? Uh, this is from... Uh, oh, Guinness. The Al- uh, no, uh, well, yeah, Guinness.com. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's... I don't know what to say about that. Can you? Are you like double-jointed in any way? No, but I'm going to get up and try this. What? You, really? Yeah. But don't blow your knee out, right? Because you just might. Uh, here's Kathy standing up. She's got a pair of... Uh, that's not bad. I mean, that's a 171, but that's... That's a Mary yeah, that's that's pretty good. I mean, it's it's three quarters of the way. Come on, go go for broke. <laughs> you got health insurance, this, don't this you? Is really good radio. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, they are. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, your heels. So, like, I have to keep my heel. You here. do you have to keep your heel and then just rotate, rotate, rotate. No, no, that doesn't look good. Okay, I mean, this is radio fails us here for a moment. Right? Yeah, I wish we had our good. video stream going yeah, up did. right that's now. That's pretty good. That's not bad. I mean, look at ballet dancers, right? I mean. They're extended deeply. That that yeah. hip muscle sort of almost pops out of the socket and rotates fully. Well, maybe more people are capable of doing this than we previously maybe thought. Maybe so. Right. So, Do you so. want to try? No. Why? No. Because, well, I just had a shoulder replacement. Well, the, but, so, 
But this is going to hurt your shoulder. You never know. Everything's a little more a little more gentle when you when you reach a certain age. Oh Kat. my gosh, the certain age thing. <laughs> I'm just saying. How am I going to explain this to like you know human resources? Yeah, no, it's a good. I was point. on the air and uh, no, I think challenged by my co listeners. If you try this, don't do it. No. Don't blame us. I'm no, don't blame us. But I'm just saying that if you would do it and you could let us know how it goes. All right. So you're going to rotate your ankle. You're not rotating your ankle. You're kind of rotating your whole your leg. Your hip. In the 171 degrees, 180 is the full rotation. You said mine was pretty good. It is pretty good. I would say yours is maybe 155. Maybe. I think that's a low estimate. <laughs> Give it a shot. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. Come check it out. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. A shooting suspect in Atlanta remains at large. Police investigating a shooting in an office building in Atlanta's Midtown neighborhood. One person killed, four were injured. At the Atlanta hospital, Dr. Albert Jansen says... The staff was ready for the patients. So when we activate our mass casualty event, that immediately starts our command center. We bring all the surgeons, all the nurses, all the ancillary staff to the trauma center itself. Atlanta police say the suspected shooter is believed to be 24-year-old Dion Patterson and that he was considered to be armed and dangerous. As expected, the Federal Reserve reinforcing its fight against high inflation by raising its key interest rate by a quarter point to the highest level in 16 years. The Dow is ahead now, 30 points, the Nasdaq up 75. This is SRN News. Wesley is a truck driver. I drive a truck and I love what I do. A truck driver with IRS troubles. They told me I owed them $43,000. It got really bad. <laughs> Quite a few letters in the mail. They were talking uh, about wage garnishment coming after my house, my car. Yeah, they, they don't play around. I seriously thought that I was going to lose everything. One sleepless night, Wesley finally made a call to Optima Tax Relief at 2 a.m. Kind of figured I'd get a machine, but I didn't. I actually got to talk to an actual person in the middle of the night. He found just what he was looking for. Oh, they were great people. You need a team of people that know what they're doing. Optima Tax, they know what they're doing. Optima Tax Relief came through with flying colors. I saved an incredible amount of money. Happy, don't even come close. I was absolutely overjoyed. Take Wesley's advice. If you're in any kind of trouble with the IRS, call Optima Tax Relief. Don't trust anybody else. Call Optima for a free consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. <laughs> Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. I'll never forget my first pair of Jordans. I mowed neighbors' lawns all summer to save up because I was certain those Jordans were going to make me touch the rim. But then the new shoe blister to which I gritted my teeth and kept wearing them. Because blisters go away, but brand new Jordans are forever. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. And this is exactly like buying a new home right now. Interest rates are higher, an annoying short-term blister. But home prices have come down quite a bit, creating a big opportunity. Because interest rates can go away, but the price you pay for a new home is forever. We've got hundreds of listeners buying their dream home now, while prices have dropped. With a plan to refinance the interest rate blister down the road, we have a direct lender advantage that can often get you a better rate, and we provide a $1,000 lender credit at closing to all our radio friends. We are United Faith Mortgage. 
United Mortgage Court, Melbourne, New York. And a blessing 1330. That's the Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage lender license 22672. Feel like you're trying to push a boulder uphill wearing skates? If you run or manage a local business today, you're challenged like never before. We get it, and we want to help. We're Salem Surround. We're a full-service marketing agency that'll help you increase your customer base by designing incredibly effective plans to reach your consumers day, night, and everywhere they might be. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Are you looking to replace your old telephone system with the latest technology? At South Point Telecom, our phone systems feature auto answer and transfer to your desk and cell phone while recording and tracking all calls in and out. This is Don Hoder. With 30 years experience, I can quickly give you a price quote over the phone with no pressure or obligation. Ask about our security cameras and door access as well. Go to southpointtelecom.com. It'll be breezy this evening, otherwise mainly cloudy with a brief shower or two tonight at a low of 42. Tomorrow, mainly cloudy skies, a shower in places in the afternoon with a high of 56. Partly cloudy and chilly tomorrow night with a low of 37. Some sunshine Friday, great day to be outside, the high 63. A nice warmer weekend is on the way. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. You know, I was thinking about a conversation we had maybe yesterday or the day before about this weekend's coronation of King Charles. Right, which and- uh, I think starts, it's the whole weekend, but mm-hmm. I think it, the majority of it is Saturday? Saturday, yes. And I would think early Saturday, right? There is yeah. a time difference here. Yeah, you're right. So having a DVR would be helpful. And I, I was dismissive of it. I said, well, I've got things to do on Saturday. I need to cut the grass. So so I may miss the coronation. And Lexi said she had no interest whatsoever. Right. Now, in reading about it, which I have been the last couple of days since I've said that, I stand corrected. Uh-huh. I do. I think I, I, think I want to witness this. Now, I, I was reading in a piece uh, at uh, Christianity Today and uh, they say this, that last year, a Washington Post journalist interviewed Ian Bradley, who uh, is a professor of cultural and spiritual history in the United Kingdom, about the ascension of King Charles to the throne. The reporter remarked, quote, for a country which is so secular and where so few go to church, you sure mention God a lot. So mm-hmm. throughout this ceremony, God will be mentioned in scripture and in music and, of course, from the pulpit as well. Um, as King Charles is not only the head of state for the UK, but also the defender of the faith, a title given to King Henry VIII by the Pope in 1521, before the king's famous break with the Roman Catholic Church and the Supreme Governor of the Church of England. When he is crowned this weekend in Westminster Abbey, he will be anointed with holy oil by the Archbishop of Canterbury while the choir sings... Zadok the Priest, an anthem used in every coronation since 973 that draws on the anointing of Solomon by the priest Zadok in 1 Kings. 
It is the coronation more than any other event that underlines the sacred nature of the United Kingdom, so says the TTCT. Um, this is fascinating. All this will take place in a country which, in a recent census, revealed that fewer than half the population describes themselves now as Christians. The Church of England's own statistics suggest that just 1.5% of the population attends a weekly service. Whoa. Mm-hmm. While a 2018 British Social Attitude Survey found that 43% of us never or practically never attend a religious service. 1.5% of the population. Wow, that's that's really something. Westminster Abbey has been the setting for every coronation since 1066. It is home to the shrine to Edward the Confessor, a king made a saint by the Pope in 1161. King Charles will be crowned in St. Edward's chair, which dates back to 1300, and will receive regalia dating back to the 17th century. In King Charles' coronation, he too will be presented by to the people who will show their support by declaring, God save King Charles. He will then take the oath written for the 1689 coronation. He will be anointed by the Archbishop of Canterbury with oil, symbolizing the pouring out of God's grace in the Holy Spirit, a moment deemed so sacred that it will take place behind a screen. Among the oaths that King Charles will take is a vow to, quote, maintain and preserve inviolably the settlement of the Church of England and the doctrine, the worship, the discipline, and the government, therefore, as by laws established in England and by God himself. So, it will be a sacred ceremony. Mm -hmm. Say what you will about the Church of mm -hmm. England and the lack of engagement by the British population. Yeah. God will be present. Okay, so that's so curious to me because if the population is not engaged in regular worship, uh, it's interesting at a moment of great cha change in their country, they look to the divine. So they don't look to the divine in daily life or weekly worship, but when it comes to a moment like this, they do. The it becomes don't. essential. The people don't. The monarchy does. There's a, obviously a, a very distinct difference. Well, but, but I but I don't know if there is a distinct difference. Well, I I wonder if the average person still sees God save the king. Yeah. Well, look at World War Two. I mean, Winston Churchill often oh yeah invoked right God sure. in his pronouncements and his courage and sure. strength to the British population. That God will save right. us. But there's something that deteriorates, in my opinion. I'm super American in this regard. I recognize that. But there's something that deteriorates the life-giving um, image of a Christian when it's connected to a government. I, I agree. Right. The assurance of Christ in our lives is not predicated by the by the foolishness in Washington, D.C. No. And so that would quickly dissolve your trust it in really God. It really would. It really would. Or it would dissolve your trust. Well, yeah, I guess it would. Right. Yeah, I, I'm so, so grateful that we, do, we don't have that, which is well, why, we, we I, which is why I resist that right. at every possible uh, 
option at every possible juncture because I just I see that that's just it's incredibly dangerous. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It doesn't create a lot of positive no, feelings towards God. No, I guess because it does Because government doesn't. is suspect as it is. Boy, that 1% figure is 1.5% go to church on a weekly basis? Good we were gravy. talking about Germany last week, and we were shocked by the 8% figure. Mm -hmm. This. And it's even less in England. Would you have thought? No. That, wow. Uh, I, I would have thought maybe 20%. But what do we know? We're naive here to think. That I wonder otherwise. what if there is any engagement whatsoever in online Christianity mm -hmm. in either of those countries. I wonder. So uh, what I think about when you're if you go to worship on Sunday and you look around at your congregation, your worship family, how special that I is, know. and obviously increasingly rare in this world for people to gather t on a Sunday or a Saturday. To worship the name of Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. our Lord and Savior. How unusual that is. It's an outlier in the Western world. Now, of course, in other parts of the world, we are weak by comparison. Mm -hmm. Aren't you always grateful? I mean, I often think about this. I'm always grateful to think about, and I probably most people are thinking about this, would be grateful as well, that I'm grateful to be born in the place and in the time that I've been born. Sure. Right. I mean, we know nothing else, but you look around and you think, Phew, I'm glad I wasn't born in that time sure. mm -hmm. because this happened. I mean, as volatile as things are, so grateful to be here yep. in this place in time. Yeah. Thank you, God. What a wonderful gift. Yeah, I agree. Wow. That's a humbling thing to think about. It surely is. Oh, wow. Okay. So moving on with today's uh, five o'clock hour, when life seems crappy, what do you do? Reverend Dr. Dean Weaver with us next. We're so happy you're along. It's the Wednesday edition of The Ride Home. 101.5 WORD. Okay, everybody in the car. Where are we going, Daddy? On an adventure. Yay! Adventures in Odyssey. It's not just a kid's show. It's a show the whole family can enjoy. Listen on this station. Adventures in Odyssey, tonight at 8 on 101.5 Word FM, W-O-R-D. I'm Lynn Hayes Freeland, talk show host. The Way Home is a free home buying workshop from Dollar Bank. Learn about credit counseling and the Match Savings Program, where qualifying participants can receive up to $5,000 toward a down payment and closing cost. Join us Saturday, May 13th at 9 a.m. at the David L. Lawrence Convention Center. Register at dollar.bank slash the way home. Dollar Bank, let's get you there. Equal housing lender. $5,000 match savings program is subject to terms and conditions, including income requirements. Call 412-261-8109 for details. Rayma Christian School is enrolling now. Rayma is a private school in Moon Township serving children in preschool through eighth grade. Recognized for its commitment to a biblically integrated curriculum that nurtures a Christian worldview and academic excellence, Rayma aims to develop the whole child spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, and socially. Rayma is a true community of families who desire to raise up the next generation of godly leaders, also offering programs for homeschool families. For tuition and enrollment information, visit RaymaChristianSchool.org. Quote based on healthy non-smoking 30-year-old female with a 20-year term policy rates may vary. Eligible policies and estate planning tools can vary by state. 
It's a busy life. You have enough to worry about. So here's a great way to check life insurance off your list. It's called Ethos. With the thought of medical exams, forms to fill out, and the cost, it's easy to see why life insurance can fall to the bottom of your to-do list. But at Ethos Life, we've got your back. For about a dollar a day, you could get a quarter million dollars in term life insurance without a medical exam. Just go online, answer a few health questions, and snap, family protected. You could get a quote in seconds, apply in minutes, and be covered in hours. No medical exams, no blood tests, no hassle. Right now, with your purchase of an eligible policy from Ethos, you'll get something else important to your family. Tools to create a legal will. A $449 value, yours free. Ethos, the 100% online, hassle-free way to get affordable life insurance. Get your free online quote now at ethoslife.com. That's E-T-H-O-S life.com. Looking for some extra income? Get competitive pay and flexible hours as a school bus driver with A1 Transit. Providing safe, reliable, affordable transportation throughout the tri-state since 1989. Perfect for retirees. This fun, family-run company offers free CDL classes and a sign-on bonus. Must be 24 years or older to apply and must complete a background check. A1 Transit in Lawrenceville. To apply in person, call 412-781-6170. That's 412-781-6170. Sometimes life just feels crappy. I mean, Don't look it can, at me when you say that. <laughs> <laughs> it could be something as elementary as, you know, how terrible the weather's been here for the last four or five days. Or your health or your finances. Yeah, it could be something really serious like a sickness job, or um, yeah, the loss of a job or some real discord in your uh, family and stuff going on in your past. Um, well, I don't know what you do when life hits like that. Um, but Dean Weaver has a couple thoughts for us. Dean Weaver is the stated clerk of the Evangelical Presbyterian Church. Dean, uh, eager to hear your thoughts on this. Welcome in. Oh, thanks, guys. Great to be with you as always. And, you know, my experience is I've, I've got uh, about 1,500 pastors around the country who complain at me all the time. So this is a real-life experience for me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, more often than not, Dean, we tend to complain, right? I mean, it's generally our first reaction. We're, we're, we're gen- I would say, as a world, we're a glass half empty and not half full. Yeah, I think a lot of that, John, is, you know, one of the secret killers of all good emotions is is expectations. Mm-hmm. Everybody has them. You know, they, they have expectations that things are going to go a certain way. And when they don't, then we get uh, grumpy. There's a gap between what we expect and what we experience. And if that gap widens, uh, we tend to get more grumpy or more discouraged or even disillusioned or depressed. Uh, and if the gap closes, we tend to feel more encouraged. Um, so, you know, I think most people don't realize they have expectations when they come into something, you know. So I travel home from my office in Florida where I have had beautiful weather for weeks. And I come back home to Pittsburgh uh, <laughs> to this weather. And I say, well, I didn't expect that. I thought it was May. No. I didn't know we were supposed to have snow in May. Yeah. Uh, so, I, you know, so my expectations aren't met and I get cranky. Uh, and, and I think, you know, that happens. That's a silly example, but it happens to all of us and it happens all the time. You have expectations at work uh, that you are going to get the promotion, the raise, the recognition. It doesn't happen. That expectation is not realized. And, and we feel disappointed to upset. So, you know, the reality is 
uh, whether you look at it as the wheat and the tares or however you choose to see it, we live in an already and not yet reality where things uh, aren't the way we wish they were. Yeah, but but Dean, I mean, I can't control a lot of things, right? I mean, most things are out of my control. Like, including Kathy, right? Yeah, oh, that's especially for, Kathy. That is what for sure, me? Dean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you can only control what you can control, John. And, you know, you can't control other people. Um, you can only control you. You can control how you react to people, um, and that may impact them. Uh, but if you spend all of your emotional energy trying to, you know, uh, determine how other people ought to behave, you're going to be severely disappointed because, boy, oh, boy, if you want to talk about unmet expectations, people never meet our expectations. So, you know, the better thing to do is, is to modify what you can, which is how you respond to things. So when things come in uh, that, that aren't the way you expect them, you can choose to be upset and cranky about it, or you can choose to say, okay, I'm going to try to find another way to respond to this because I can determine that I actually have the ability to determine my own emotions. You guys probably remember um, one of our dear mutual friends, Bruce Bickle. Uh, we just talked to, always, to him a couple of weeks ago on the uh, air here. And what a rich treasure he is for Pittsburgh, right? I mean, uh, but Bruce used to always say to me, Dean, uh, Christians are not those who feel, act, and then think, because that's the way most people in this world uh, deal with stuff. Something comes up, they feel badly about it, they act out according to that, and then later they think, should have I done that? Did I do the right thing? You know, the uh, Christians are those who should think, act, feel. In other words, what should I think about this? What is true about this? What is reality here? What does, what, how would I apply the mind of Christ to this situation? How ought I to think about this? Then, once I think that, I should act on Christ-like thoughts. And then what happens is the feelings that come are ordered feelings from the Holy Spirit rather than disordered feelings that come out of some action that we took based on our feelings. Hmm. So think right, act right, feel right, which is what I have on top of my desk from Bruce telling me that years ago. Uh, Listen, I found that to be true so many different ways, times, days, through so many processes. Um, Bruce is living it right now, as he always has. So, um, but I think at least in my uh, progression through this, it really has been a pathway. It hasn't been something that you just snap your fingers and you think right. It's just, it's like building, it's like working out. It's like building up a muscle group. It doesn't happen overnight or in three weeks. It just has to be something you devote time to. Right. And I think the way in which you build up that muscle group, Kathy, is, you know, um, the scripture tells us that we should no longer be conformed to the images and patterns of this world, but be transformed by a renewed mind. So if your mind is going to be renewed, it's going to be renewed spending it in Scripture. And when we go to the Scripture, we see things like, you know, like 1 Corinthians 13, 12. Um, we see in a mirror dimly. You know, when, when we see these circumstances that aren't what they wish they were, we realize we're not seeing the full picture. You know, we're, we're seeing certain things, but there's a lot of other things that we at that point don't see, and that helps us gain some perspective. Or you go to the Scripture and you read a passage like, say, Romans fifteen thirteen, May the God of all hope fill you with joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Or Romans twelve twelve, 
rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, affliction, uh, be constant in prayer. So, there, you know, I think one of the things that we have as believers is that we have biblical hope, not just like absent, like wishing something were different than what it is hope, yeah. but I mean hope that is anchored on certainty that comes from faith in believing that he who has promised us is faithful. So, you know, that if, if your mind is, is transformed, focusing on the Word of God, just for example, on the biblical notion of hope, that in and of itself helps us transform those, those kind of gloomy, grumpy times and understand that they too will pass and that God has something truly in store for us that is much greater. Amen. At the same time, Dean, you know, we started this conversation by saying, you know, there you are the stated clerk of the EPC. You're involved with 1,500 pastors. And so, you know, pastors are just just like you and I. They're just regular folk, and they have ups and downs as well. Uh, Even if you're in the Word, even if you are leading a flock, it's a still struggle to do this and do it consistently. It really is. It really is. And that's why... You know, we need each other. That's why we need to encourage one another on as the day draws near. I mean, I think a great analogy for this, John, uh, is, you know, what does it mean today to be a Buckos fan? <laughs> I mean, we have endured years of, of lacking hope. Decades. And, and here we are starting to see this glimmer of, oh, my gosh, baseball is fun again. Yeah. Here we are, right? Exactly. But, but the power of that is not me sitting alone in my room watching the game on TV in isolation. The power of that is being at PNC Park yep. when Andrew McCutcheon comes out for the first time or when, you know, the, the guy who's been, spent 13 years in the minors comes up and, and gets his first at-bat. I mean, those kind of sort of magical moments experienced in community give such empowerment to hope. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, as a pastor – I could I could be drained of hope on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. But man alive, coming to church on Sunday and yeah. preaching the hope of the gospel and hearing God's people, some of the same people who are complaining at you during the week, by the way, sing and fill the house with God's praise. Mm. There's something that is transcendent about that. It overshadows, yeah. overcomes, and transforms all of the other stuff, which is one of the reasons why being in worship personally and physically is so so important is that that experience like going to a ballpark is a communal experience where we feel and experience that power of hope in such a tangible way that that you know left alone in isolation which unfortunately that's one of the things lessons we learned john coming out of COVID, is a lot of our pastors have been in isolation and they've suffered the, the the cost of that and they're still coming out and they're still healing as many of us are and so, you know, we can't do that alone. We've got to, we've got to go through these things together, whether you're a, a believer in the church or you're a Buckos fan at PNC Park. Amen. Dean Weaver's with us. He's the stated clerk of the, clerk of the Evangelical Presbyterian Church of America. Dean, before you came on, we were talking about the coronation of King Charles, which is coming up this weekend. But in an, uh, an ancillary item that was included in the article is that only 1% of uh, people who live in the UK attend worship on a weekly basis. Uh, And that is a really low number. Uh, Now, I think uh, 
numbers, and I, we talked about Germany se- several days ago, which was at 8%. I'm not sure what our percentage is here in America. Higher. Is it significantly higher? But the fact remains that regular church attendance has morphed into attending once a month. Um, whereas, you know, when I was a kid, it was if you were a regular church attender, you were sure. there every week. Um, for people who are listening who just haven't quite made it back after COVID or just feel like, oh, I'm, it's the only day I get to sleep in or whatever it is. Tell them what they're missing by not engaging weekly. Wow, that's a that's a whole subject in and of itself. And, yeah. You know, you guys don't pay me enough to, to <laughs> stay around and talk about all of that. Um, you know, I think Kathy, they're missing out on God's beautiful intended design for His people. Um, they're missing out on the primary ways in which God has given us so that we would be more like him. It it is encouraging, it's strengthening, it's renewing, it's affirming, it's stretching, it's challenging. Almost every aspect of our complete and holistic Christian discipleship is found in that space where we are together worshiping the Lord. That's why the, the, the Westminster Standards, to which my tradition holds, will say that the whole purpose of humanity is to worship God and to enjoy Him together. I mean, it is it is all that we are about. And when you do that in isolation, and certainly you can worship God anywhere, but when you are together with God's people on God's day, God's house, wherever that house may be, there is a transcendent and transforming power, yeah. and it could hit you in a, in a prayer, could hit you in a children's message, could hit you in a song that is sung. It could hit you in the silence. But, you, you you know, it's like putting a plant in a window where it can receive the proper light to grow. You are putting yourself in the place where God has designed you to grow and flourish. And when you don't put yourself there, um, you can only do that for so long and not feel the effects of it negatively in terms of your own relationship with the Lord. Yep. I mean, so, and your I, relationship with others. I, I mean, I can't tell you exactly. how many times you think Kath and I talk about this all the time, Dean. I mean, where would you be without your church? I mean, good times and bad. I mean, they're everything to us. Well, and I think John, we suffer from decades now of a really low ecclesiology. We've diminished our view of the church. And at the end of the day, here's the deal. The church is the bride of Christ, right? I mean, if you came up to me and said, Dean, I really love you, but I don't have a whole lot of patience for Beth. uh, You know, I would say to you, first of all, you obviously have misjudged the two of us because Mm -hmm. nobody in their right mind would ever say that, right? (laughs) They might might say that they have a problem with me, but nobody has a problem (laughs) with me. But but if you said that, right, if you said that to me, you would win no favor from me. Mm -hmm. Like, Like, I would die for my bride. I love my bride. I would die for her. And Jesus loves his bride so much that he gave his life for her. And so while she's wildly imperfect, as as all brides are, um, she's wonderfully glorious. And so much did he love her that he gave his life for her. So we, we have this low ecclesiology that somehow the church as a human institution is something that is easily given up on. But how can we step away from that which Jesus died for. It is his precious joy and crown, his bride. It is, you know, all of the ways in which Scripture describes the church are so beautiful and glorious that for us, uh, you know, I think we really need to go back 
and reestablish a stronger biblical ecclesiology. I think we've, we've lost a sense of who the church truly is, and we've allowed, whether it's culture or the church itself, to let that slip. Um, it needs to be regained, because a higher view of the church, not, a, not an ignorant view, not a view that, that dismisses or hides all of her faults. Like, we have plenty of faults that we need to honestly own. So I'm not talking about some Pollyanna-ish vision. Yeah. I'm talking about a real picture of, of the bride being washed with water and the Word presented blameless before uh, the bridegroom when he comes again one day. That is a picture to which we all um, should continue to aspire and defend. Amen. Dean, thanks for that. That's a really good word of encouragement. I, I really appreciate it. So as always, you're just a great welcome presence here with the Catholic myself. Thanks again. All right. Love you guys. Take care. Love you as well. Dean Weaver, he is a stated clerk of the Evangelical Presbyterian Church and uh, Edunations as well. Dean Weaver. As a young adult, your college years, of course, are extremely pivotal. It's the time to discover who you are. And if you're fortunate and you are involved in Christian life, to discover your God-given calling in life. Because the world calls and says, oh, your college career is all about your future self and making your income to provide for your life. But of Mm -hmm. course, life is much more than that. And there are limitless numbers, seemingly limitless numbers of colleges that will help your child down that path to figure out how to make the The most money, right? to find the most jobs, all those sorts of things. All important things to consider. However, How many schools are there that are going to help your child prepare to go out into the world, to be an effective witness for Christ, to be a person who's able to work in their chosen field in a way that is a calling, whether they're being trained as a mechanical engineer or they're being trained as someone in business or an elementary school teacher, whatever it is, looking at that job as their vocation that is given to them by God and that God can work through them in a magnificent way because of their own individuality. How many colleges are going to prepare a child to look at it that way? That would be Grove City College. Eternal biblical truth in all the teachings, gcc.edu, Grove City College. Oil investments involve a high degree of risk and actual results may vary. Oil and natural gas keep going up as the Russia conflict escalates. Get in on the next major oil boom now and help the U.S. with your patriotic investment that can potentially pay you monthly income for up to 20 or more years. That's the sound of a producing oil well and the sound of a smart investment. If you're an SEC-accredited investor and have at least 25000 liquid now, you can take advantage of Encore Energy's projects and a huge tax savings for this year. If you invest in oil and natural gas, you're allowed to write off nearly 100% of your investment in the first year. Goldman Sachs is projecting oil to go up to $100 a barrel, and natural gas is the fuel of the future and trading at record prices. Call 800-287-6691. Encore Energy is a major investor and experienced operator in its core area of operations. Call now and learn how to deduct 100% of your investment and create 20 or more years of potential monthly income. Call 800-287-6691. That's 800-287-6691. Terry Wardenis here from the Gateway Clipper. Celebrate mom with a family aboard a Mother's Day cruise, sailing Sunday, May 14th. All moms will receive a special gift from all of us at the Clipper. For reservations, visit gatewayclipper.com. 
101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. It'll be breezy this evening, otherwise mainly cloudy with a brief shower or two tonight and a low of 42. Tomorrow, mainly cloudy skies, a shower in places in the afternoon with a high of 56. Partly cloudy and chilly tomorrow night with a low of 37. Some sunshine Friday, great day to be outside, the high 63. A nice warmer weekend is on the way. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Does this make sense? Yeah. Does what make sense? <laughs> Sorry. Sprinkles. <laughs> or Jimmy's. <laughs> what? Well, yeah. It's springtime. Yeah. People are going to start hitting the Rita's. Dairy Queen, Rita's, yeah. mm-hmm. Burgers, whatever. You yeah. pick your place. You're getting a cone? What about if there were some sprinkles on top? If you're six and under, <laughs> it makes perfect sense. But you know, I mean, some yeah. people like the Jimmies. I'm not asking some people. I'm asking you. Well, I'm never going to get one. They're not really like flavor enhancers. It's just more like ice cream bling, right? Mm-hmm. It kind of adds like a little flourish to your cone. Mm-hmm. I mean, does it really does it enhance the flavor of the ice cream cone? No, I don't think so. So to me, I'm not going to go Is there. Is the That's- texture pleasing? No, it's kind of like rice or something, right? No, I have no interest at all. Do, so you don't think Jimmy's makes sense? Jimmy's do not make sense to me. I don't think they make sense at all. Sprinkles. I don't get what the thing is. I'm not sure why they have evolved into the place of importance that they have. Are they important? Sure. What? You're never going to go up to any ice cream stand where, where sprinkles are not available. I'm right. But again, if you're six, they're important. Yeah, but I think... <clears throat> For adults that I know, they like really. I mean, it's like some... it has like a close place to in their heart. Well, you could see the that. sprinkle. It's an emotional kind How of. How like, can it be? It it really doesn't taste like anything. No. Again, it's just kind of like ice and, cream. And and the texture is slightly artificial plastic, right? Jeez, you're running it down. So I'm just saying, I don't know. I don't think it does make sense. All right, does this make sense? The nose piercing. Ah. The nose piercing. Now, which one? What do you mean? Are we talking about the one on the yeah, side? Or yeah, are we yeah, talking no, about not the, the, not the, the big, not the ring there, which is a whole other story. Right. I'm talking about like the little hole. Yeah, right, right I, on the side. Where I think mm-hmm. you could like sort of play your nose, like a little whistle. Yeah. <laughs> right? So when I'm talking yeah. to someone and they have that, mm-hmm. I try not to look at it. Yeah. But, of course, I'm drawn to it. Because, yeah, whatever you it's don't a, want to look at is what you're looking it's at. It's like a jimmy for the nose. Kind of. Right? Kind of. I'm not quite sure. So you've decided, I'm guessing by what you're saying, that... It doesn't. It doesn't make not sense. Not for me. Okay. I'm never going to get one. Mm-hmm. Think it would it look good on me? No. It would look horrible on that me. That would look... But yeah, but you're not a... But still. It's, you're not a girl. Uh, you see both sexes. You do. You do. But it's mostly I see right. girls with it. Uh, I think it does make sense. I mean, I'm not getting one. Huh. But I think it kind of, as as long as it's small, the smaller, the better. The bigger it gets, the less it makes sense. Jimmy's don't make sense. 101.5 WORD. 
Everywhere you go, anywhere you go, Word FM goes with you. That's because we're no longer trapped inside a radio. We're now everywhere you are, and you carry us around in your pocket. We're ubiquitous. There's an app for that, right? On TuneIn, on iHeart, on our own app, on WordFM.com. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. On your iPad, iPhone, and Android. We're always with you because we're inside your pocket. Whatever you do, don't lose us. 101.5 WORD. Wouldn't it be great to work in a place that makes a positive impact on the people, businesses, and churches around you? That place exists. I know because I work there. My name is Cassie, and I'm the digital marketing specialist with Salem Media Group in Pittsburgh. Right now, 101.5 Word FM and Salem Surround have an opening for one talented salesperson to join our team. Is that you? We'll bring the training. You just bring the talent. An understanding of digital marketing and some direct sales experience will definitely help you stand out. What are you waiting for? Take the first step to a career that is challenging, rewarding, and helps to create terrific results for our amazing customers. Join the sales team at Salem Media Group Pittsburgh. Email your resume to brad.marshall at salempittsburgh.com. That's brad.marshall at salempittsburgh.com. Salem Media Group is an equal opportunity employer. Rama Christian School is enrolling now. Rama is a private school in Moon Township serving children in preschool through eighth grade. Recognized for its commitment to a biblically integrated curriculum that nurtures a Christian worldview and academic excellence, Rama aims to develop the whole child spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, and socially. Rama is a true community of families who desire to raise up the next generation of godly leaders, also offering programs for homeschool families. For tuition and enrollment information, visit RamaChristianSchool.org. Tuning into the baseball game, monitoring the incoming storm, catching your favorite talk show. These are just a few of the reasons more than 80 million Americans depend on AM radio each month. And did you know AM radio is the backbone of the emergency alert system, keeping us safe in dangerous times? It's reliable, free, and public safety depends on it. Text AM to 52886 and tell Congress we need AM radio in cars. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. Trip to Europe. Visit all 30 Major League Baseball stadiums. Go skydiving. Okay, so you know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune into Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group Saturdays at 10 a.m. to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do the things you've always dreamt about doing in retirement. Listen every Saturday morning at 10 to Your Retirement Blueprint with Accurate Solutions Group. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. I know in uh, our job, John, you and I, we have the tyranny of the immediate. I think anyone who's involved in, uh, you know, broadcasting, you have to be up to date on what's happening now. Right. Right. For better and, or worse. Yeah. For, and a lot of it is worse. Right. Yeah. Because knowing what's going on now, there's no context really to it yet. There's no commentary we haven't had a chance to think about it we're just talking about what's going on right now but haven't you gotten fairly de- decent at ignoring the 99 percent of the stuff uh, you yeah I, I yeah see you're, you're, this, you're reading it out and you yeah. don't absorb you, it. you think i don't right i don't need to remember that i don't think i no. don't need to know that but if we 
we're able, for whatever we do decide to take in on a daily basis, on current events or news or the thoughts of the day or the debates of the day, if we could look at that through the lens of the ancient mess, the ancient thoughts and reasonings and writings of the church, right. to bring other, to bring the thoughts of other centuries to bear, I, it just makes me healthier to do that. Because we're not the only people who've struggled with X, Y, and Z. And so, you know, the latest concerns about AI, they're very real. But there have also been major concerns throughout all of history. So reading what other people think about them, what they did about them, how things resolved, I don't know. It gives me a sense of security and hope and, and humility. That's good. Frederica Matthews Green is with us. She is the author of a book that we love called The Jesus Prayer. And Frederica, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Hi, John and Kathy. It's great to be here again. So great to have you, Frederica. And did you hear what I was saying about kind of the tyranny of the immediate? You know, we, we get caught oh, yeah. up in the news of the day without any frame of reference from another time. That's so true, and it's hard to that at every moment of time, it was the news of the day. Other people have lived through that news of the day before us. And as you say, it's good to be able to have a wide variety of viewpoints and experiences to draw on. Mm -hmm. So, Frederica, you're joining us now to talk about something that, uh, to be honest, Kath and I, we know nothing about this. As a matter of fact, I've never even heard of it. Okay, yes, yeah. Um, I wanted to talk today about... The Lost City of Dura Europus, which sounds like a, in the, um, you know, archaeology kind of a project. Yeah. But it really was true. And um, this city was the far eastern point of the Roman Empire. It was on the Euphrates River. And in the year 256, the Persian army tunneled under the wall. And they captured the city, and they killed everybody or took them into slavery. But then they abandoned the city. And over the years, the centuries, sand began to fill it up more and more and more until you couldn't tell it had ever been there. Well, in 1920, there were some soldiers from the British Army that were digging a trench, and they uncovered a wall painting. So that was startling before. And uh, so they called in archaeologists and taking out the sand, you know, spoonful by spoonful over several years, they realized that there was a, a city like Pompeii that had been preserved in a moment. Hmm. It was like on a single day the, the city fell and then it was abandoned. Wow. And so, yeah, yeah, the year was 256. And there, there are two, well, I should say first, there were a dozen or more different gods. When they looked at the inscriptions, they were in six or seven different ancient languages. It was a real mix of cultures, as you might think, on a, on a border city like sure, that. Sure. And um, one of the things they discovered, important to Christians, one was that they discovered the earliest house church. And this was a home that had been turned into a Christian worship space about the year two. So it's Frederica, we're having a little trouble with our phone connection. What year did you say that was? Fifty six. Oh, oh no. we're breaking up. Yeah. What should we do? 
Yeah. I don't. Lex, you have any? No. Try and call back? Okay. Yeah, we're going to try to call you back, Frederica. Okay. Frederica, we're going to drop you, and then our producer is going to call you right back, okay? Because we, we want to hear this story. And. Uh, it sounds fascinating, quite honestly. So let's try another connection here. You know, I've never been in a house church. Oh, really? Uh-uh. In all my travels, I have never done that. Huh. Well, I, I'm sure there's house churches here in the city of Pittsburgh, right? Yeah, sure. You were in house churches in... In China and the Philippines and in Russia and Ukraine. Um, I think that's all. What were they like? Like, tell me about one of them. Well, the one that I remember the most is the one in the Philippines where there were maybe 14 people in a tiny hut and there was a pastor who had not a full Bible, but but pieces of a Bible. And I'm telling you, I mean, I've been to like major cathedrals. It was one of the most holy, beautiful worship experiences mm-hmm. of my life. It was so tiny and so intimate and so heartfelt. People were so hungry. And they, you know, people had traveled like miles to be part of this house church. So I, I just loved it absolutely. Mm-hmm. The intentionality of someone showing up to be, you know, and to the, travel. And, and the interpersonal nature of it. Yep. It's I mean, not the same as a giant cathedral. We say brothers and sisters. These people were brothers and sisters in Christ in this house church. Frederica, welcome back. <laughs> yes, I'm back. Hopefully this will be better. Much yeah, better. that's much better. <laughs> I'll try to be concise because I know we're running through the minutes. Um, but I was saying there was a church on the far eastern, a house on the far, uh, yeah, a city on the far eastern edge of the Roman Empire that was conquered and abandoned in the year 256, and it was never lived in again, and it filled up with sand, and in 1920, it was discovered and unearthed again. So they found a city there on the Euphrates River, it would be in Syria today, that was preserved like uh, Pompeii. It was like it was lost in a minute, and everything was still intact. And so... um, Two things, two buildings were especially interesting. One was a synagogue and one was a house church. There were oh, a dozen different temples to different gods. It was a very, very, very multicultural environment. But there was a synagogue and a house church. The house church was, um, uh, well, it wasn't very wealthy. And you could see it had been someone's home and they you know, tried to make a big space for them to have worship. And the thing that was best preserved was actually a little room set aside for baptisms. Hmm. And there's a font, kind of like a bathtub. Somebody would kneel in it, and then they would splash the water over him. And up right above that, um, the bathtub font, there was a picture of Christ as the Good Shepherd. So, there's some, some wonderful, very touching images in this place. Oh, I should say the name. The name of the city is Dura Europus. Hmm. That's D-U-R-A dash Europus, like Europe with an O-S ending. I see. And, mm-hmm. and uh, it was, as I said, abandoned in 256. So this this house church was... Um, very, very touching and very charming. The synagogue, though, was uh, bigger, and it had been, they'd been able to put more money into building it. And the shocking thing 
is that the walls of the synagogue were covered with paintings, completely covered with images from the Old Testament, uh, portraits of Abraham, Isaac, the story of Esther, uh, Moses' daughter standing in the river and finding, Pharaoh's daughter standing in the river, finding baby Moses, the sacrifice of Isaac, the parting of the Red Sea. All those images were there, and I was shocked to look at it because it looks it looks like an Orthodox church. Huh. Wow. It, <laughs> it's that same representation of stories and people from Scripture and from church history just totally covering the wall from floor to ceiling wow. in um, like three big bands of paintings. So, Frederica, discovered in the 1920s, rediscovered in the 1920s, could we see <laughs> this today? You know what? Um, the the best of the Christian materials were taken to Yale. So they're at Yale now, and I believe they are on permanent display. It, this church, it just wasn't preserved as well as the synagogue, which, you know, the whole walls were still intact. I think the synagogue was at a museum in Damascus. Hmm. It was a joint archaeological project between Yale and uh, the archaeology school in France, and France had their their share taken to Damascus. Tragically, so so let, 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 let me break in for just a minute, Frederica, yeah, since yeah. we only have a minute left. Tell us yeah. what you what do you take away from the story of um, Dura Europas? I mean, what 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 sticks okay. with you? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess what's most touching to me is I think about those Christians and they are our brothers and sisters and they were slaughtered were sold into slavery, just like everybody else of every religious background. And they were dragged away from their church that, you know, had a picture of the Good Shepherd over the font, the baptismal font. Um, I, I feel a connection with them, and I feel sure that I will meet them mm-hmm. in paradise. And I hope that, um, I hope that we can all uh, be as brave as they were in standing up for their faith and holding the faith to the end. Amen to that. Thanks, Frederica. This is fascinating. I'd never heard of that. This evening, I'm going to go look at Dura Europos. Dura Europos. I I want to see this. (laughs) Okay. Well, thanks for having me on. Yeah. Thanks thanks for tolerating the uh, technological snafu. I appreciate that. Uh, That's Frederica Matthews Green. And that's Uh, what it takes kind of talking to people from other parts of the country and world. Listen, highly recommended. Frederica's two books, The Jesus Prayer, The Ancient Desert Prayer That Tunes the Heart to God, and Welcome to the Orthodox Church, An Introduction to Eastern Christianity. Frederica Matthews Green. Just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell with MyPillow is launching the MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he's discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow and now has a brand new fabric that is made with a temperature-regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, coolest pillow you'll ever own. Hey, this is John Hall. For my exclusive listeners, the MyPillow MyPillow 2.0 is buy one, get one free with promo code WORD. MyPillow 2.0 temperature regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. 
Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square to the buy one, get one free offer. Just when you thought MyPillow couldn't get any better, MyPillow 2.0 gives you the best pillow ever. Enter promo code WORD or call 800-391-0954 to get your MyPillow 2.0s now. People always ask me, why should I call Mr. Rooter Plumbing? Here's why. Our owner, Bob Bill, learned plumbing from his father who started plumbing in 1964. His father taught him to do it right the first time, and that's what Bob passed on to all of our plumbing technicians today. If you need a plumber, call Mr. Reuter. Always available for big and small jobs. Plus, mention you heard this ad on Word FM and receive 10% off your next service with us. Call 412-Reuter2 today. Whether you own a local business or a global one, you're always looking for ways to position your operation to create opportunities and move on them faster. With Bank of America, you get access to experts, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter, locally and globally. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Copyright 2023, Bank of America, N.A. My friend and I are taking a trip to Mexico this year, but neither of us speak Spanish. So we downloaded Babbel and started learning Spanish fast. Want to start getting conversational in another language in as little as three weeks? Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons were designed by language experts to be the most efficient and effective way to learn a new language. ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? Babbel, language for life. Celebrating 10 million subscriptions sold. Now try Babbel for free at Babbel.com. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. When it comes to your child's education, do you feel like you have a partner in your current school? Or is it more like you're on your own? As you look ahead to next year, now's a perfect time to consider a quality Christian education with a school who will be a true educational partner for you and your family. Many of our area's finest Christian schools are offering half-price tuitions for first-time enrollees, like Champion Christian School in Champion, PA. Find a school that's right for you at wordfm.com slash tuitions. Mr. Nelson, Willie, got a little bit of a late 90th birthday present today by being inducted, or not being inducted, but being announced as an inductee to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Now, I've never thought of He's Willie Nelson having anything different. to do with rock and roll. Because Dolly's in it as well. Right. But initially, remember when she was invited, she, she said, said no. I don't want to have any, I'm not... I mean, I appreciate your invitation, but I'm not a rock and roller. And then she ended up going in anyway. Right. So I I, I like the wide net. I mean, I'm not going to deny Willie Nelson's place in music history. It's certainly right. deserving of that. But he's not, you know, he's not Jerry Lee Lewis or the Big right. Bopper or, right. you know, the Rolling Stones or whatever. Right. It's not rock and roll. Okay, here's another one. Give us number two. So for anyone who watched Stranger Things, I know this, this was like iconic in the last season of it. 
Uh, this is Kate Bush, who also was uh, announced to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Can you leave that going for me, Lex? Uh, here's the thing about this song and Kate Bush. Yeah. This was like not even a hit in the 80s. Yeah. But it was resurrected, so to speak. So if it wasn't for Stranger Things, right. Kate Bush would never have sniffed the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Probably not. Oh, what do you mean probably not? Were you not? a fan of Kate no, Bush at all? I didn't even know, didn't you know? she oh, was. Oh, really? Yeah. Until I watched Stranger Things, I I'm never sure knew I she was. I'm sure I have two was. CDs of hers. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, which is this kind of thing. It's sort of, like you know. Like ethereal kind exactly. of Exactly. Like, right. Yes. Okay. Well, it also doesn't sound like rock and roll to me, but that's all okay. Right. All right. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.